0: Someone at the memorial service on Monday referred to her as a homespun philanthropist, though I doubt she would have liked that description. Her wit was too sharp to fit the mellow image of homespun. As for a philanthropist, she once said, quote, that's such a pretentious word. Welcome back to the Love Your Story podcast. The clip I've just shared comes from a woman's obituary that died probably 25 years ago. The reason I don't know for sure when it was, was because I can't remember the date. I ripped an article out of the Boston Globe newspaper called, She Made a Difference for a Living. The article is yellowed and brittle. And if I had to guess about the time that I ripped this out, I would say I was probably about 25 years old. I have kept it for decades. And I wanted to share it with you today. So stay tuned in today's episode, for how Elizabeth Noyce became a one-woman economic development corporation back in the 80s and 90s without the internet and see what her story means to you. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story Power serves you best when you know how to use it. Elizabeth Noyce died, Ellen Goodman of the Boston Globe wrote an article that highlighted her life. Now, I have been through many a business class where we are asked to write our own obituary or the obituary of our business, right? And the purpose of the exercise is that we want to determine what we want to be known for, what we want our businesses to be known for, so that we can plan now and sort of reverse engineer what we do every day. I doubt, of course, that Elizabeth Noyce did this, but I'm sure that any of us would be very pleased indeed to have a write-up like this done about us after we pass. Elizabeth Noyce was as unpretentious as her adopted state of Maine. She could walk down Commercial Street in Portland or sit for lunch in Bremen without ever being identified as a $200 million woman. Yet by her death at 65, she had become a legend— People searching for a label to describe her work called her a one-woman economic development corporation. Looking for a term that fit her brand of charity and capitalism, they called her a catalytic philanthropist and an economic philanthropist. Hopefully those don't sound too pretentious to her. The 200,000 Mainers at the memorial were everyone from bakers to senators, family and strangers. They included a retired truck driver. He said that he had come because he meant to write Noyce a letter thanking her for all that she'd done, and now it was too late. I'd meant to write Betty Noyce, too. This is part of the article that Goodman wrote, so this is Ellen Goodman speaking. And to write about her from my own main island, I'd followed reports of her work as she carefully added $50 million to the main mix, rather like yeast in an economic batter. She was too private— for all but the rarest of interviews, and she refused the television profiles that were so proffered. She didn't leave her name on any edifices. She was considered away from Maine because she lived in Silicon Valley for over 20 years with her husband, Robert, the founder of Intel Corp. And then their marriage ended in 1976, and she left with their four children, $40 million, and she came to Maine to heal. And she stayed to return the favor. This was a rich woman who might have frequented ladies' lunches or graced black-tie benefits. She might have started a first-wife's club or bought jewels and homes. But instead, she began to give. First, she gave her community a library and a golf course. And then, as both she and her fortune grew, she began to try something different. She gave jobs. You could say that she went into the business without a profit motive, or that she went into the charity of employment. When she wanted to donate a million dollars to public television, she didn't write a check. She built five houses employing architects, carpenters, and then donated the money from the sales. When Maine's Bank got caught in the merger fever and local businesses had trouble getting loans... Betty Noyce donated $7 million to found a new and flourishing local bank that would help this. When the Nissan Bakery was on shaky footing and hundreds of jobs might have been headed out of state, she bought it. When downtown Portland faced empty buildings, she bought some of them too. She began as well an indoor farmer's market. That was just the splashy stuff. At the memorial, Owen Wells, her friend and lawyer, said, To be given a fortune and accept it is not as a stroke of luck but a mission, as she did. This represents a kind of moral fiber that is extraordinary. how it seems to so many of us these days when we hear so much about people amassing vast money for its own sake. We know about CEO salaries out of all proportion to wages. We read about a demand for profits geared more to stockholders than workers. The statistics tell us that the super rich give a smaller portion of their money to charity than the rest, and also to taxes. <laughs> all sorts of anecdotes pile up about the game being played at the top of the heap a competition for who dies with the most toys. Not long ago, when Ted Turner gave away 200 million, and again this was 25 years ago, he admits that his hand shook because quote I knew I was taking myself out of the running for the richest man in America unquote. Last December, when Aaron Furstein promised to rebuild his burned-out factory in Massachusetts and pay his workers, he became a hero. So, too, when Elizabeth Noyce decided to use her enormous wealth to give what others needed, which was work. We think of it as extraordinary. Yet this tough and compassionate lover of history and art, sailing and wood chopping, a woman who didn't like glitz and refused state dinners in favor of supper in a governor's kitchen, didn't see it that way. I just hope to make a little difference in my own community, she said in one of her rare and understated public speeches. Selfishly, she went on, I give where my donation will make my immediate environment safer and cleaner and brighter. I leave it to others to do as much as they can do in their communities. And that's the way the wider world improves. To Betty Noyce, it was as simple a legacy as that. This is what she did for a living. She made a difference. You can see why I kept this article. But I particularly share it now because I think that we are in spaces where there's a great deal of focus especially in online, you know, trying to make more money and larger fortunes with online businesses and a lot of entrepreneurial ventures and things that people are doing for the accumulation of wealth. It's always been that way. That's that's a lot how we function. But One of the reasons I share, that we share stories, is to show how things can be done. And we share stories to inspire each other, to initiate deeper thought, to shine a light on things. And today's story of a woman's life who lived decades earlier shines a light on moral fiber, on the extraordinary, on a person who created good in the world on purpose, who forsook her own limelight living for the more understated. Now, yes, you may be thinking, sure, if I had millions of dollars, I could do good too. But think a minute and ask yourself, would you? Maybe you would. But now, right now, we still have a responsibility to do good, to make a difference for a living. We always have something to work with. We can always do good in our communities. This story is just a reminder to check in with yourself. Are you caught in the the he-who-has-the-most-toys-wins mindset, or are you stuck in it for what's in it for me? Is looking good and being in the limelight more important than doing good? As Elizabeth Noyce said, we can all just hope to make a little difference in our own communities. Are you creating peace, support for community and neighbors, hope, and positive energy? Are you, if you are able, creating abundance for others in positive ways? Or are you caught up in the fear and the violence and the frantic stretch for control that is permeating the neighborhoods and the mindsets across the country? Which side of the line do you stand on? Might I suggest that for a living in our own individual ways, that we intentionally strive to make a positive difference? to choose light, to choose love, to choose growth, to choose goodness, to choose sharing. I love how Elizabeth Noyce actually created jobs, like she would start a business for the purpose of being able to support other people in their lives. Not necessarily that profit was on the top there, although her businesses did end up making money, but she created the business so that people could have the jobs and the community could shine. There are a lot of -of out-of-the-box thinking things that we can do as individuals to share our influence, to share our abundance, to share our light. In order to create a greater, more positive connection, give this a little bit of thought. And I thank you for being here today. One of the things that I have done is... And you guys hear about it every week. But my intention behind it truly is I've created the 21 Life Connection Challenges, specifically the new group style that launched this year, specifically to create this connection with each other in a time when we are so disconnected. If you have a group, any kind of group, I'm, I'm willing to help any group, no matter how big or how small that you're involved in that wants a fun way to connect and create good in their lives and in the world. This is a beautiful place to start. We have an online platform where we get in and do the challenges together and comment and support, and we're creating good out in the world, but we're also creating that fabulous connection inside. So if there's a space in your life that you feel is a little bit empty, that you'd like to try to bring something good into it and put something good out, this is a really beautiful place to start. Thank you for being here today. Live big, live intentional, and see what you can do to make a difference for a living.